Hi and welcome back to the Not a Millennial podcast. This is Martha. Hi Maddie. And welcome to episode 3. Um what are we going to talk about today? I think it was about activism. Yeah, um it's interesting how this year in particular mm-hmm. um we've seen how celebrity and activism have come like to a head or yeah. Um in the covid pandemic and things. It's really like um um how do you say like spot <laughs> projected no this put a spotlight to how much we don't need of celebrity or whatever the case is so mm-hmm. um yeah in particular um when the pandemic started and all sorts of celebrities were you know giving tone deaf statements about covid itself and then afterwards it was you know BLM was in there and all sorts of celebrities were getting dragged up and down the time all all timelines in fact yeah because uh, of just seeing um, the most tone deaf things not even yeah some of which tone deaf some of them were completely being narcissistic maybe we'll highlight some examples like poor Naomi the other day but yeah um it's just been yeah i don't know what to think of i, I don't know how we should talk about this like what do you think of this you know yeah. celebrity and activism i think this year especially like i think we've seen the the myth around celebrities really falling apart like i feel mm. like people are really starting to see them for who they are not necessarily that they are bad people but they don't always know mm. what they are talking about mm. you know so i feel like in terms of activism celebrities are obviously not the people that we need to be looking mm at to leaders you know i mm. think their voice or their role should just be to amplify actual people on the ground people that know what they're saying they should just be directing people there you know i don't think we should be looking to celebrities to always say you know to lead us basically that's what i'm saying mm. and i think the best example of this is just recently now with beyonce mm. and how she got called out because she didn't post about answers and you know obviously i think the criticism was valid because she just made black is king which is mm-hmm. about africa and she worked with so many nigerian artists she took heavily from nigeria she was influenced a lot from there so if she could speak about blm she could speak about this that's what i felt you know mm. but at the same time i feel like that criticism it went a bit over the line to the point where it was now becoming like oh Beyonce has a responsibility to help mm. you know and i was like okay yes she should but let's not put too much weight in celebrities mm. she can't change things you know she can mm. probably um by maybe tweeting the donation link she can get a lot more money in that's a good thing that she can do but Beyonce cannot stop police brutality mm-hmm. you know so i think even as we are saying like all oh, celebrities should do more i think we should also ask ourselves like why is it that we put them on this pedestal where you think that they can actually affect real change and yeah that's one thing mm. as well something about this celebrity thing like you know celebrities have been a thing since maybe the 40s or the 50s when american movies were becoming popular mm-hmm. and that's when they decided to stop um you know it was like a breakdown in the class thing mm-hmm. you know it was no longer from old money like mm-hmm. basically if you own slaves or if you are like a nobility or if you are 
in the royal family for example so it became like now people who are in the arts or whatever are now given this high status or to sort of like a new money versus old money thing and now we reach this point where like obviously it was probably created by an industry or created by you know this um meritocracy thing like anyone can make it but then now it became now all oh, their thought leaders yeah you know this time now <laughs> the other day i saw this um what was it um they put like five actors on a magazine and they're like these are the thought leaders over it i'm like which thoughts have they contributed <laughs> anyway um so i think partly i don't know if to say it's our fault partly it's cons- it's consumerism mm-hmm. and like celebrities in general like now with that beyonce yeah so some people were saying oh if beyonce had posted then the massacre wouldn't have happened which is like okay relax you know and on the other thing i'm just thinking okay that day or that particular day they were on beyonce's neck like emotions are running high you know and you want people to hear you this particular protest you want people to see you and there's always that um that thing of does raising awareness do anything because you're like okay raising awareness and then what but as, as well like you these people are in a situation like in the us it happens true like they conceal things that happen and they lie on the media and things like that but this is like a uh what do you call it autocratic society this is like a almost a dictatorship mm-hmm. and they are trying to conceal everything that's going on yeah so, so you want light yes you want spotlight mm-hmm. you want all this even if the cnn is and bbc report some you know weird things they put some weird headlines mm-hmm. like you want spotlight on the thing you don't want just the, for them to kill you in the dark yeah so obviously her boosting would have been you Great. know yeah and she was going to introduce people to a such a like a a huge part of a her huge audience, audience exactly mm-hmm. and you know when this thing started gaining ground like the first week i was thinking where are the black americans you know and yeah i've seen some of them on the tl saying like oh you guys are not you know giving us a chance nini or being a bit unfair even us who don't know but the thing is i'm kenyan and i got into it i dove into it straight mm-hmm. away and i was trying to figure out everything that's going on straight away before it became as bad as it became yeah. you know like i find that i'm dialed into everything that's happening in um not everything but like i try much as possible to be dialed in into what is happening in their diaspora because that is what i think solidarity is unless you need to really like look at it again yeah. like what do we mean by solidarity or my it's also bad because it's like you, you always look to other people and then when in Kenya you're just like you yeah know. it's it doesn't really take off the same way yeah from what you're saying what I was thinking about is like how now because you're talking about how shedding light on the issue is so important because mm. of how they are really trying to conceal facts mm. if it wasn't for social media most of us wouldn't have known what happened in Nigeria yeah the press started reporting on it almost 10 days yeah. 7 days later when the massacre happened yes yeah. we were getting that information in real time because of social media so i think another thing we should discuss is the issue of like online activism mm. and hashtag Ooh, activism couch activism yes. apparently like yes. miss tina said yes and how i think okay i'm not going to lie even me there was a point when i did sometimes look down on that and feel like oh all you're doing is posting what does that do for someone who's mm. 
being killed or people who are in a genocide or whatever is happening like yeah what sometimes does, it is like that yeah, yeah what does me posting my you know hashtag. infographic yeah. and my hashtag for hashtag for these people you know yeah. but i think something answers has really shown me how information is power mm. you know you need those people retreating um posting on Instagram, posting on mm. everywhere, like it helps and it matters because that now brings international attention, mm. you know, and governments are, can feel shame sometimes, you know. Yeah, I remember that yeah. girl, Buhari is a bad boy, yeah. let him feel shame. <laughs> <laughs> governments can feel shame when they feel like, oh, so many people are looking at us with international pressure, you know, mm. I feel like that, that does matter and it has ways and it, a way for us, especially now African countries where sometimes these abuses go under the radar. Social media is our tool, mm. you know. So I think we shouldn't look down on people who maybe what they can contribute at a time to a certain movement is just their engagement. Mm. I think that's crucial and it's a big part of activism as well. Yeah, and mm. the way activism has evolved, you know, looking at donations and... you Because... Um, um, especially around this time, like we've seen how, you know, maybe Hong Kong protesters were telling BLM protesters, like, mm-hmm. if you guys need to, like, shield yourselves from, what is it, tear gas, yeah. this is what you should do, blah, blah, blah. Or Chile protesters were helping out the American protesters and, you know, back and forth. And the same thing was happening with Nigeria. So it's like, you know, all that info sharing could have never happened in the 60s. How? You have to... You know, you'll just be dying on the line by yourself, writing letters to the UN, which they never answer, you yeah. know. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, because obviously the reason I've talked about now online activism is because, again, going back to Beyonce, her mom mm. came out to defend her. And in her defense, she basically said, Beyonce is actually doing work, the real work, by sending, um, I guess, donating or being in touch with activists on the ground, I didn't really get the gist. But she was basically saying Beyonce was about action while other people were couch activists and critics and not really doing much. So we shouldn't criticize uh, Beyonce. Uh, so my my thinking on that was just, Beyonce has, I don't know how many millions of followers. Literally one tweet to her can reach an audience that most of us will never be able to reach like it mm. takes nothing from her mm. and means so much to so many people something yeah. that means so like something that takes so little of her you know so i feel like obviously it's great to donate it's great to help provide resources like that's a really important part of activism but to look down on the people that are actually creating awareness i think is misguided yeah one sure. thing with the beyonce as in I don't want this to turn into critique. Maybe we will because she's, oh, she's, her hands are in so many pies at this like it comes, moment. It comes from a place of love for me anyway. Yeah, I'm a big exactly. Beyonce fan. Like, exactly. I'm not a hater. Yeah, just, yeah. She could do better in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Is what it is. Um, but I don't know. She's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, that too. There's that. Um, the thing is with her, yeah, like she, in 2016, she came out with the Black Panther Gab all that stuff, you know, now her thing was, this is my thing, I'm for my black people, stop shooting us, nini nini. So that was her MO, okay? She came out loud with that. So with Black is King, again, she came out, this is my stance, okay? So you've done that in the light. Mm -hmm. 
let us also see the support for the diaspora in, in the light. light, which is exactly what No Name said the other day, but people oh, just, you know... Shout out I, to No Name. You know... I feel like she, <laughs> she faces so much um, hate online yes. because she's willing to criticize other celebrities and people hate her for that. And I know it's not easy to hear your fave be called a capitalist. I know it's difficult to hear, mm, maybe, but, that's but a, it's a fact. It is what it is. Do you know? You know, know faith is a billionaire. Yeah. Face that reality. And you the, know. The, this thing of, oh, at jealousy is such a lazy critique because why? You know, <laughs> like, we have yeah. better things to do with our time. Exactly. Honestly, some of us would prefer to take the music and go, but if you keep on interfering into the public, uh, and what I mean by the public is where human rights are concerned, then you've entered into a space where you have to be critiqued because what are you doing? You know, are you like, are you just gonna be, you know, you can be Adele, bring your songs jejeli and go. And go, yeah. You know, I think what you're getting into is that issue of like work aesthetics. Mm. So, in order to promote your music or you, you, cl- you cloud your music around activism. And then when people ask yeah. you to get involved, you're like, I am an artist. Which Hello. is it? Which is it? Yeah, you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't be a political artist or someone who says, you know, my music has a message, my music is for these people. And then when something happens, you say, I'm just an artist. I don't I don't know why people are trying to hold me accountable. I don't know why people are trying to hear my voice in this. It just comes off um, very fake. You know, yeah, comes up very fake, and it also looks like you're using people's pain and people's real political struggles to mm. make money, mm. which mm. is very evil. Mm. If that's what they're doing, mm. you know, I'm not saying that's what anyone's doing, but I'm just saying if that's what's going on. But they're billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I feel like my third eye is opening, and I'm just like, if that's what you're doing. Yeah. And to be fair, this is not just Beyonce because your favorite your favorite conscious rapper is doing the same thing, yeah. They're doing bare Pulitzer winning prize albums. I won't mention names, but where are they? They've been quiet for three years. Where is where are they? Hmm? Another one is coming to you to say, Oh, educators. Where are you? Hmm? Yeah, so, yeah, like, where are you guys? No, let's even say their names. Since you said Bio- Kendrick and Nani, J. Cole, J. Cole mm-hmm. what are you doing? You know, you yes. the same people that are going to say, Oh, me, I just work behind the scenes, me, I don't talk. Yeah, you know, like, but then when it's time to do aesthetics, you're there, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not saying these guys have not um, um, suffered uh, under police brutality because. Obviously, that they make their music because they have suffered that. Mm-hmm. But, like, you were quiet at this time. Especially, mm-hmm. I was surprised Kendrick was quiet, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I actually never know. thought about Kendrick because he never talks. So you actually forget sometimes. But mm. it's true. He's he's not really said much. But, you know, with Beyonce, it. she's also with the business thing. So you are, you are posting whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's been more active recently. She has. In um And Black King was just the other day. So we've... It was in the back of our heads. Yes. You know? Yes. It was in the back of our heads. Yes. But, yeah, I think, obviously, this conversation is now mostly about um, American artists. But I think also here in Kenya, we have now a growing influencer culture. Mm -hmm. We have YouTubers. We have 
even our own actresses, actors, musicians. Yeah, um, when we're ready, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wonder, like, should we also because they also have big platforms? Should they also be held to a certain standard, like? when things are going on here like we had our own cases of police brutality this year mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna lie i don't know which kenyan celebrity might have spoken on the issue I well can't a particular any... band made a song but oi 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 i'm not trying to get us cancelled but like <laughs> huh. yeah mm-hmm. you know and on that same issue, I think celeb- um, Kenyan celebrities find it easier to speak on issues outside Kenya than they do mm-hmm. when things are happening here. Mm-hmm. One reason, personally, I think they do that is because Kenyans are fearful people. But they were very afraid. Mm. I think... I think even Nigerians scared, were, fe- yeah. were fearful for the longest time. I think they're scared that... If they say something, they want to be invited to state house to go sing sing there when it's Jam uh, Jamhuri Day, mm-hmm. when it's uh, Mashuja, you know, or they'll be arrested because the, those things happen in this country. Yeah, you're, you're busy choosing yeah, hashtag free. Somebody. Despite the fact that we have a constitution that protects people from all those things, they happen constantly. If you go against the government, people are arrested, people lose their lives. So I think. As much as I do think, I'm, I'm, I do, I'm always, I feel upset when Kenyan celebrities don't talk about Kenyan issues. Sometimes I empathize because I'm like, this government doesn't joke. Mm. Do you know? And activism is not an easy thing. I don't yeah. know why I say, exa- this is the, exactly why we're like, well, what are celebrities doing? Because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. If you put yourself in that line of fire, mm-hmm. be prepared for the backlash. And it's not going to be all online backlash. You might have FBI if you are American. FBI knocking on your door for saying some, you know, like Snoop Dogg, like simulated shooting Trump in yeah. a video and he had security, maybe in secret service at his door asking him what's going on here. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if you want to put yourself there, you know, the hashtag is not, it's not a trend. Yeah. It's something people are prepared, you know, Nigerians right now are prepared to do anything yeah. to stop. They died. You know, what? you know, what? and it's like, if you have to do it, you can't just be do, giving some vague message, vague political message, like, okay, fine, do that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a serious thing. And, like, is it so important for you to go to State House? Like, as an, what is your artistic integrity? If you're going to make, especially if you're a musician that makes music that is critical of the government, mm-hmm. so what are you doing? You know, like, are you, like, what... Oh, like what exactly are you doing what are you aligning yourself to the power that, how does that work yeah. in your mind what is the cognitive dissonance and then I you're coming to post first which has let me not go in but yeah. yeah i don't think we have that many artists that are willing to speak up or say something that yeah. would get them cancelled yeah. In quotes, this is real life. Cancelled cancel. by the government. Not, not cancelled yeah. at the online. Yeah. <laughs> on the TL. That one they don't care about. Yeah, yeah. But actually cancelled as in your livelihood stops. Because I feel like that's a reality in this country. Mm. Because, um, not to say that Nigerian artists don't face that same threat, but Nigerian artists, to their credit, are most of them now are international. Yeah. So Do they can always hide in the UK. Yes. They have 
they have a bit more leeway with what they can say. Mm. And though no, their uh, governments, I don't think, can crack. So yeah, the governments uh, cannot crack down on them in mm. the way that I think a Kenyan government can crack down on a Kenyan artist, and nobody will ever know. Like, yeah. except us who live in this country. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if something was to happen to Banner Boy because he said, "Oh, David, you know, David had a tweet where he was like Buhari must resign." If anything had happened to him, we would all know. To be fair, Banner Boy, they burnt his house in in Nigeria. But still, they can come for his family, you know. But yeah, it's okay. still a risk. Uh, for yeah, sure, I'm not yeah. saying like what they're doing has no risk. I'm yeah. just saying, I think they have they have a bit more security in the sense that they can leave Nigeria or they have just a bigger audience so that if anything was to happen to them, it wouldn't just be a footnote and yeah. people move on, you know. Yeah, so at the end of the day, where do we go with this? Because it's like, mm. do we want them to post the hashtag and go? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like if you want to be a celebrity activist, in quotes, mm-hmm. then you have to involve yourself on the ground. You can't just, you know, okay, yeah, you can post the hashtag and go. Yeah. But if you want to put your opinion, put in the work. Like, do the reading if, the, if there's reading to be done. Or get involved with the organizations and don't come and tell us you're doing things behind the scenes okay like what yeah sometimes you want to see the work yeah it's not every day I'm moving in silence yeah. some of these things we want to see it mm-hmm. that's what we talk about when we talk about accountability yes like you know and anyway speaking of accountability, accountability. and yeah. you know femco has just been amazing in you know whatever they've done with this nini uh, to the point where people are starting now because the protests have cooled in lagos they've started like now saying oh feminists are these feminists are that but like yo you've received the money yeah and for those who don't you know, know we're talking about um feminist coalition mm-hmm. which was one of the activist groups on the ground in nigeria they raised funds for ensas protesters so ensas protests were not um they were leaderless basically mm. but uh feminist coalition basically coordinated a lot of things and helped people on the ground get food get uh medical attention get legal aid they basically just helped where they could you know even i think transport they they just basically coordinated issues to try and make sure the process were running smoothly people were safe um yeah so and uh so basically they had every day or maybe every other day they would post how much money they received and what they spent the money on mm-hmm. and that accountability really i think Even inspired encouraged yeah, people to donate encouraged and inspired people because obviously if you're seeing where the money goes what it's being done with you're like oh, okay i can donate to this because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people the reason we don't like donating is because you're like ah this money probably just goes mm-hmm. to overheads Paying people, ni, 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 ni. the money maybe doesn't even reach goes, the ground. You know, like the way Red Cross eats money. Exactly. Like mm. the, maybe the money doesn't even reach uh, the people that actually need it. But with Feminist Coalition, they really showed like a different way of doing it. Obviously, they are not a non-profit. They're not like an NGO. But I feel like that's a standard we need to now be holding people who we donate money to. We need to be yeah. holding them to that standard, by the way. You need to be very transparent with people. Yeah. These organizations really uh, receive sorry, so much funding. Millions, millions, and millions. But 
kwa ground vitu ni different yeah what's what's going on you know so i think that was really inspiring for me to see and i feel like that's a model that future um protests or other things like that should follow mm. yeah and to be fair um i don't know if they've not done it before or if they just followed on the back of feminist co but i saw this um particular organization or whatever they're called trans and queer fund kenya mm. and they also posted their you know they how they've spent money that they've been donated to so i don't know if they were just following the example yeah. or if they've always been doing this but like shout out to them they're yes. actually showing what they're doing um you know people like blm are still being followed about the where the money went i heard they were going to explain it on yeah. some show but i don't know blm uk yeah BLMK also yeah they came under a lot of fire cuz there was a lot of shady stuff going on i think and then some and of the people that were not... running it even resigned yeah it was a whole mess yeah and yeah. they were saying to you that money is was going to be what is it? what do they call them the me people yes yes and black like... and minority ethnic so yeah. it wasn't actually only going to black people it was being used generally like for poc Yeah, which yeah. is like what what are mm-hmm. you doing? And like if BL, BLM is a movement. So obviously people are on the ground, they need support on the ground. And yeah. like most of the time what people need on the on the what we've learned people need when they're protesting is food. Yeah. They need, you know, if it's masks or you know, basically or if the police are attacking them like Femco are sending mm-hmm. ambulances and you know, um security, yeah. those things. So what are you funding you know on the on the when things are going on like yeah. where was the money going at the at the time exactly so yeah feminist school like really i think they've set a really really high standard mm-hmm. and i hope it becomes the trend yeah yeah I yeah hope it becomes the trend because to be fair like even i don't know much about um BLM US but i know like during at the height of the George Floyd protest they had um like uh there was the Minnesota bail fund where okay. you would send money and the money would be used to bail out protesters things like that but that i don't think that was affiliated with BLM but i think those type of things like more practical ways for people who are at the protest to help protesters i think that's yeah. needed you Even know they had a list of lawyers yes yeah. rather than you just donating to some organization you know i don't want to say any names cuz you know do and that smoke <laughs> but <laughs> rather than because you know there's so many ngos out here by yeah, the way yeah. rather than you donating to these people and you don't know what they do with this cash like you have no idea we need practical things like legal aid you know mm. something that's so straightforward like bail yeah. usually we post and bail very urgent people, you know yeah, yeah. things like ambulances mm. we provide medical care on the scene like things like that that's so practical and i feel like when you see that even as someone who is maybe not able to protest for one reason or another you'll be like you know what let me changa let me see what i can give mm. you know and i think i think that needs to be the way we move going forward mm. and um obviously here in the on the ground here in Kenya we have some of those organizations um i know we have the um haki africa mm. who they work I think mostly in the coast region but generally also around Kenya yeah. and at, um when the cafe was announced in earlier this year around March they were really helpful um 
first of all with letting people know what was going on yeah. uh, during the curfews, how the police were brutalizing Kenyans, beating yeah. them, killing them, even um, the issue where people were dying because they didn't have masks. You yeah. know, these are people on the ground that go, they deal with their families, and they offer legal representation. You know, that's the step that's needed because obviously awareness is good. It's good for us to know this is happening. Mm. But once we are aware, what next? You know. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like those really hands-on movements. I think they are really like the best part to me of the yeah. protest. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like also as much as they are very supportive and they're like a one part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think about because uh, sometimes these organizations like help, but at the same time we don't want to put them as figureheads yeah. of certain protests. The other day, someone was tweeting at you, oh, they should never do leaderless protests again. And I'm like, that was actually the best thing they did. Because yeah. can you imagine if this was like Martin Luther King again? Mm-hmm. Or um, that movie that Daniel Kaluuya is doing, The Black, Black Panthers. Panthers. Yeah. yeah. Like, you kill one guy, everybody loses hope. Yeah. Then and the movement is crashed. Yeah. Basically. You start tweeting hashtags, G free. <laughs> If it was Martin Luther King, free, free Martin, free MLK. Can you imagine free MLK trending? <laughs> you know, that's what you should be doing instead of actually doing the work to demand justice. Yeah. And that's what they're still doing now. Yeah. You know, so it's like, um, as much as they they help those people in those high places or whatever, help boost. Sometimes they're in it for their own interest, and also like you don't want to put somebody. At the head of that, because they'll be going there, mm-hmm. and you know they are negotiating. Then they're not telling you this is what you have decided, and yeah. like then they shut down the conversation. Yeah. So it's like you know. I think personally, I'm very wary of those type of like idols. You know, mm. obviously, I wasn't alive during MLK Black Panther days, so I can't speak to those people and how they felt about the MLK. But personally, I always find. A movement is better when it's about people than when it's about a person. Yeah. You know? Because that's a real now movement. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I also think, you know, like how there's all the stuff about Pro and all these things, how the government sabotages movements. I think it's easier for them to sabotage you when you raise one person up. Because mm. then they palisade that person. Mm. Let's say like in the example of South Africa, you give was Nelson Mandela. Mm. They make Nelson Mandela president, and none of the issues actually were uh, got fixed. Mm. You know, obviously, they, uh, South Africa is no longer in apartheid, but you know, Black South Africans are still very much, you know, a minority in their own country. Yeah, and I feel like the reason that that managed to happen was because the movement was, you know, subdued. Once yeah. Mandela was freed, Mandela was allowed to become president, then people are like, oh, okay, progress. And then, you know, the movement dies, mm. you know. So I think we should be very wary of idolizing people because that's the way that they kill progress, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I read something by, I don't know if it was Audre Lorde or Angela Davis, or if they said this in different places that I read anyway. Yeah. They were like, you know, in the future, this movement should not have an able-bodied, you know, cis male mm-hmm. to be the face. Because what happens when they die, they become a martyr, they become a saint. Mm-hmm. You know, now Nelson Mandela, then you never hear what Winnie Mandela ever did. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, should, it shouldn't even be about them. It yeah. should be the men and women on the ground who sacrifice their lives. Now see, even like you were just saying, Mandela, what about Kenya, you yeah. know? Once 
they killed dead and Kim, not dead and Kim Mathi, but when they killed the Mau Mau movement, yeah. it was now about putting Kenyatta on the seat. And Kenyatta himself was even working with the colonizers yeah. as well, and he was shunning the Mau Mau movement. Yeah. So you see, the, the you see now what happens is they give you your freedom in quotes. Yeah. But and like, then they install mm-hmm. they install a home guard mm-hmm. who fights actually the movement. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Because that's actually what happened in Kenya. We got colonization. I mean, we got colonization. We got independence. <laughs> mm. And then the government that came in, our post-independence government, mm. fought the decolonization movement. They fought them. Mm. They are the ones who suppressed them. Yeah. They were suppressed by our own government. Yeah. Kenyan government. Not yeah. even the colonizers. The colonizers couldn't subdue Mau Mau. They failed. Yeah. That's why they chucked. Yeah, yeah. But the people they left here finished it yeah, completely. Yeah. You know? Because it's their kin as well. Yes. Yeah. Now, you know, um, I'll try and maybe in the links after we post this, post some books people can read about this. But, you know, Mau Mau um, fighters and their families never received any compensation. Mm. They didn't receive any land. And they fought for the independence of this country. Mm. And they received nothing from it, you mm. know? But yeah, just going back to that conversation of idols, I think it's definitely a diversion tactic when you're told this one person is the person who saved us or whatever, yeah. you know, how for us in Kenya, we have Jomo Kenyatta. You create a myth around someone mm. and then it's easy once you have that person, it's easy for you to, if you kind of make this person look like, oh yeah, they won then you don't actually have to address the issues. You mm. don't actually have to address the movement. And individuals are corruptible, mm. sadly. You know, mm. as human beings, all of us have our, our weaknesses. Mm. You know, So that's why I think our movement is stronger when it's about people and we're just us and we're like, you know what, this is what we want, rather than we're like, oh, this is our leader and he's gonna tell us what we want. Because mm. at that point, he can be swayed, he or she, most times he, but he or she can be swayed one way or another, you know. I'm sure even when someone like Nelson Mandela was now rising to the presidency, I know there were many people who came up with him fighting apartheid who were not really happy with the terms. Yeah. But because Nelson Mandela had been lionized, you know, he had been said, this is the guy. Because mm. he agreed. It was considered, okay, they've agreed, we move on, mm. you know. So and also you wouldn't have liked the way he was made this you know saint. Mm-hmm. I I read somewhere Angela Davis was saying Nelson didn't want to be this um you know this larger Jesus, than life almost you know? yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it was mostly about the people around him. But what can you do? Yeah. The the neoliberals, the white neoliberals, yeah. you know, installed him as a king. In I quotes. think it's it's actually a very good tactic that yeah. they use yeah a very good tactic because it actually works yeah mm. yeah um <laughs> also speaking about movements there are two things that just came up in my mind during this conversation mm. there was first of all um how movements work and what you want what people especially on the diaspora mm-hmm. who are still under the you know foot of colonization yeah. how how we can actually change things mm-hmm. and secondly what was the thing oh um, about ending police brutality in on the continent specifically and what it looks like yeah. in the localized thing. So when I was thinking about ending police brutality, one thing that stood out when they were doing the 5 for 5 thing was they wanted 
they wanted to increase the salary for the police which okay even if you look at in Kenya their salaries are pathetic like their living standards are pathetic they do, their barracks are just terrible and stuff and yeah maybe that's the convert this maybe that's why it leads them to ask for bribes and blah 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 but at the same time mm -hmm. like what is the function of police on the continent yeah you know someone was saying africa is a country and <laughs> in that um sense if you if you think about what they do all over the continent it's the yeah. same thing yeah. so you can you know if a white person says it and someone not from africa doesn't know yeah. you know if you're not from africa we don't know that but in this context yeah it is it, it is, is a country because yeah, they just protect wealth they protect the state as in if uhuru can come out and say oh thank you police for um quelling these demonstrations with this place if they can come out in military garb just after they've been elected what is that what kind of message are they sending mm -hmm. so why would that's why i was thinking you know i don't speak over them but why would you come to ask for police's um salaries to be raised somebody was wearing airpods uh, a cop was wearing airpods in <laughs> nigeria really? and you want them to be <laughs> you want their their knees so yeah. do they you know are they really um illiterate or are their standards of living that low like okay if you if you are unhappy with your job demand it yourself but at the same time how do you demand it if you are an extension of that um that oppression you yeah know? the your whole existence was actually to protect colonial interests and yeah. you're still doing and that's what you're thing. still doing yeah so how can we as a people as demand for, yeah. for you that and, i think you know, the issue when it comes to now when you talk about police brutality and mm. how we can solve this issue and how we stop it there's two streams of thought so there's obviously the people who are like abolition it needs to go it's rotten from deep down there's no fixing it yeah then there's people who are like you know what reform let's reform the police let's try and make it work so i feel like if you're one of those people who is in the reform camp one of the things you'd say is that oh the reason police are brutalizing people why they are so corrupt why they always steal is because their salaries are low mm. so let's uh, raise their salary let's give them better standards of living then they'll be less corrupt mm. i think that's the that's the chain of thoughts mm. that they are on you know because mm. i think there's many people who believe police are the way they are because they are so underpaid they are always taking bribes because they don't get money you know they are so bad at their jobs because they just don't care they're not being paid enough uh, sorry know? one one thing mm. um nurses and doctors are not paid that well but yeah. malpractice is yeah anyway Still really frowned upon yeah. yeah yeah you wouldn't say oh yeah this nurse kills so many people because she's not paid a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> that would never fly mm -hmm. that would never fly but yeah i think there's people that go down that route yeah but for me i would just say that i think i don't think that there's any way that you can reform policing in this country because even just from how the the mentality that they are taught with when mm. they go to those training trainings yeah it's that they are above the citizenry that's it you mm. know whether like i just don't feel like there's that there's a lot of inhumanity in them generally. it's law and order not yes. um, not utumishi kwa wote yes yes um, their work, yeah, for all, whatever. their work is to preserve order yeah. you know yeah they don't really care about you as an individual mother you know well, then they have their set targets you know let's say they are told oh something is going on in this slum whatever they don't care mm. your kid 
you are a teenager they don't give mm. they don't care you know they were told these people need this protest needs to stop or this unrest needs to stop here they're gonna do what they need to do mm. you know and i don't think that has anything to do with how much money they are paid i think it just has to do with the function of who they are as police mm. that's what they're supposed to it's their job you mm. know mm. you can't fix that how do you fix how do you fix a job that is generally bad like i just i don't get it yeah, yeah, and it baffles me because I'm like, so now what are the solutions? Because community policing won't fix some things like, for example, like the way we were saying last week, um, gender violence is still mm-hmm. a thing. And also queer people are being targeted by community policing <laughs> initiatives. Yeah. So it's like, what does that look like? Honestly, I don't know. Maybe I should I could find out from people who are working in that um, particular area of whatever but yeah. like honestly they're not here for our social security yeah. um i don't even know the rates of um, reporting about you know uh, sexual and gender-based violence right now yeah. but i'm sure they're extremely low yeah and always they just send you back whatever they just tell you like you were saying your yeah, friend there's told, nothing there's we can really do for you yeah mm. yeah so it's te- pathetic yeah you know and i think one of the things for me that i'm realizing is for police social issues i don't think they really care that much about i think their main function is protecting property because mm. if you go to the police talking about i lost a laptop i lost a phone chances are you might get it mm. but if you go there reporting things that have happened you know domestic abuse or death or those things they don't care to investigate mm. that so what you know but mm. if it comes to things to do with money, where maybe they might be able to get something from you if they find it or, you know, things like that. And it's they so work fast. Because, yeah. They work fast. Yeah. So I just, I don't think um, moving forward as we wonder, like, what, what is the role of policing going forward? I don't think we should be like, oh, how will we rely on, who will we rely on for social calls? Because police already are not doing that job yeah so i feel like in that area we are not losing anything mm. unless you know me personally i don't know a time a police has ever helped me when i've needed something <laughs> I, I generally that has never happened to me you know so unless you're now saying what we need police for is to solve crime or things like that maybe but when it comes crime to crime itself is even that's also a political issue yeah. in, its own, in its own way yeah but i just feel like when people say oh abolition can't work because you know who will then save the children but what like, are they doing now they, they're, they're not, not saving doing the children they <laughs> not doing it anyway yeah. so you know i think we need to maybe look at ways that we can invest more in social stuff like um we don't really have a welfare system in kenya actually we don't have one at all but maybe there could be room for us looking into things like social work, looking at um, response units for children, for domestic violence victims, you know, things like mm. that, rather than police. Because actually, police is such a wide tent of things, and I don't think they actually are able to do it. Mm. So maybe even some of those functions should be moved to another body that's not police. Another thing is the government you know, just doesn't want to... Um, you know, um, improve social conditions. Yeah. They don't want to improve healthcare. They don't want to improve education. They just want to build infrastructure. Yeah. It's always a road, a new road. Nini, nini. Yeah. Okay. What's that obsession with the infrastructure? By because way? of colonialism. 
when the colonialism came colonialists came here it was just the railway mm. it was you know infrastructure this and that and that so that's what the state has continued doing roads yeah. As long as you have roads, they'll see that's my legacy. That's yeah. Guru's legacy, roads. Yeah. But like your people are dying. A woman just gave birth outside a hospital. What is that? That's yeah. so pathetic. Like, is that your, you know, that that's what comes to. You did, did you do development in. I did. Yeah. So, like, what is that? Is that economic development? Mm-hmm. What is what is development in your eyes? Is yeah. it human development? Mm-hmm. Like, people are suffering, yeah. but you put the road. Okay. Yeah. Am I going to eat? Am I going to put the road in my belly? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and you're just now contributing to pollution and whatever. But, like, yeah. yeah. You know, what are you doing? It's, it's real. It's it's so annoying. Anyway, yeah. Apart from that, um, there was also how this NSAS movement mm-hmm. had evolved. Like before, even the massacre, you know. Now people, Banner Boy started talking more after they were saying he's too quiet. But maybe okay. On one hand, I understand why because you know they burnt his house and stuff. Okay, sorry, Banner Boy, but like. Yeah. On the other hand, <laughs> he was being narcissistic. Yeah. But like okay, so there was this petition that people were trying to sign and also people from the diaspora in mm-hmm. the UK or in the US who couldn't be there. Mostly in the UK because it was a petition to the UK government yeah, to discuss this answers or whatever. Or they wanted most people were acting the International Criminal Court mm-hmm. and it's like okay, um they want uh, not the government to be sanctioned but they wanted individuals to be sanctioned like Buhari or government officials so that they their visas are denied or whatever so there was assets this, frozen yeah so some people are like i, I um don't do that because it doesn't work nini then other people are like you guys are being bad mind like that's the only thing we can think of like mm-hmm. we are helpless right now i think and i'm thinking okay you think you feel helpless but the thing is this you've never seen this before I've never seen anything like this in Africa. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay, there was Arab Spring, but me I wasn't paying attention. I was in high school, but like in sub-Saharan Africa, yeah. and I, we should get a new term for that. Mm. But in Black Africa, that wasn't <laughs> happening. Like it would just be some pockets of demonstration, then it goes. Yeah. And also because it was mostly focused on one particular person. Like in Kenya, it would always be focused on Raila. Yeah. Then when we're demonstrating, yeah. it's never been a cultural, like a whole across society across mm-hmm. tribal lines all the, yeah like, that has never happened that has never happened you know against the state so it's mm-hmm. state and the people mm-hmm. like you know so it's like now people are like frustrated they're like feeling helpless and i'm like yeah like i just said you're all together so mm-hmm. you know and in mali although i've not read much about it there but was this protest there as well yes. yeah so they protested and they managed, I think, to change things without outside help. Yeah. But on the other hand, this people, I think it was also like they wanted outside look into what's going on. You know, they they are like their government has, you know, won't do anything. But it's like, I think as much as all of us have become more aware about how the West doesn't mm. really ever come to help Africa out of good faith. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that. We know when they come here and they say they are coming to bring democracy or they are coming to bring peace or they are bringing Christianity, whatever it is they say they are bringing, there's always an ulterior motive. And I think most of us already know that now. But I think sometimes when you're in such a helpless situation, as Africans, we can't, we can't help but look outside and yeah. say, come and help us. You yeah, know, yeah. I think there's still that part of us that feels like they'll know what to do. 
yeah. they can help us. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think there's still that part. Like, yeah. you know, even here when there's post-election violence or things like that happen, we're always waiting to see it on CNN. Yeah. Or we're waiting for you yeah. to say something. And it's like, okay, you want to say something and then what? It doesn't change anything. Mm. But we still, we need it. Like, we wait for it. You know, it mm. matters to us. And so I think when people who are abroad, like now obviously the Nigerian diaspora in the UK, when they were now calling for the UK government to sanction Nigerian officials, Nigerian government, I think for them they still have that they still have that small feeling of like they do something. Yes, you know, our white saviour will come and help <laughs> us. You know. I think they still I'm sorry that. guys if this is insulting, but that's how it looks yeah, like. Yeah, it really does because it's like Bro, what has UK government done in your country? You know, this, and even the people who are calling for sanctions, they know. But you still can't help us, that same UK government to sanction your officials. I feel like there's a bit of, I don't know what do they call it, cognitive dissonance. Like mm. you're not able to put the things together. Because even me, I'm not going to lie, that day that massacre happened, even me, I was saying sanctions. Even me, I was saying this, actually, they can't be allowed to, to flee. Because yeah. they might flee to UK, flee to US, whatever. I was like, no. And then I was also thinking of the fact that a lot of these politicians, most of their assets are abroad. Yeah. Most of their kids are abroad. Mm. So Nigeria can ban, but it doesn't mean anything to them. So I was just like, you know what? Actually, sanction them. Even me, I was agreeing. Mm. But I think we should in, like look inwards and ask ourselves why we think that response would help. Because I... In reality, I don't think it can do much to help the people on the ground. Mm. But we, we we feel like we need that, you know. Mm. That's the same way I'm sure, you know, when we had our own post-election violence, our parliament voted for those people to be tried in an international court, you know. Mm. We had, and Kenyans were very happy. You remember mm. Campo 6? Yeah. Kenyans were for like... For them to come and say, Ken- the West is coming to CGO. Kenyans, <laughs> Kenyans were like, yes, let them go to ICC. Yeah. You know... I can't we, believe Uru went to say in the AU, at you, the, the West is targeting us. We sold you. We said, go. We are the ones who said. <laughs> we are the ones who told them to take you. <laughs> they didn't come for you, you know. But, yeah, um, I think Africans like... We still have that response where we are like, we don't trust ourselves to handle the situation. We don't trust our institutions. Mm. We don't trust, um, yeah, just generally, like I'm sure even the Nigerians abroad, they were scared for the Nigerians in Nigeria. They're thinking the army can come and kill them. What can happen? You just feel like, oh, the international communities who can save us. Yeah. But I think given in right in light, sorry, of recent events and modern history, we should be wary of that response yeah where we immediately say oh un or we want um un peacekeepers or we want oh, we want um international courts so we want sanctions before we ask for that let's just look at our modern history case in point libya mm-hmm. libyan people similar to other people in arab spring grows against their autocratic dictatorship government they said enough we don't want and i don't know if the libyan people were the ones who asked for international help to come in to the self-referral yes yes to icc Mm. uh the situation in libya right now is catastrophic Mm. to say the least Mm. i think they are worse off than they were under 
what was his name? Gaddafi. Mm. I think it's even a worse place now. Mm. And know? someone pointed so, out, yeah. um, if the US or the UK or the colonialist powers, if they want to do something, they will do a regime change. They will not come and do or say investigate. The same Trump who was saying at the ICC, at the, not even Trump, but his crony Bolton mm-hmm. was saying that, I don't know if he's his secretary, no, I forgot, but yeah, Bolton is in his administration. And he said we will, actually, I don't know if it was, it was Trump, yeah, he said we will investigate, no, we will arrest, we will arrest the prosecutor of the ICC if, he, if she tries to come at, to investigate the, because they were going to investigate the, um, what the US, the US's role in the Afghanistan war. Mm-hmm. And they were like, um, don't investigate, like if you come here and investigate, so if you're going to either sanction you or like ban your visa or like arrest you basically. Yeah. So they were actually threatening the ICC. Yeah. Mind you, they're in the UN Security Council, which yeah. is an arm of the ICC. But America and other Western governments have zero respect for international law. And they are there. International tribunals or mm-hmm. uh, Courts, they have zero respect for it because they believe their institutions are superior. Yeah, they even set the all dif- those tribunals like that. The difference is Africans. We think our courts are inferior. We don't trust our courts. Yes, there's two. There's two ways. To we 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 don't through. trust our courts. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, maybe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, maybe mm-hmm. we might be right not to trust them, but we don't trust them, and so we look to international. Um, institutions to help us in a way that I don't think Western, Western people look at international institutions to save them. And I think maybe that also has to do with colonialism and us always just feeling like these people always higher than us, you know. But um, can you imagine an American Congress asking for an American uh, politician to be trained in ICC? It would never happen. Despite yeah. what they did, even mm. this um, Trump and what happened um, at the American border with those children being separated from their parents. That was a huge human rights issue. Mm. In any other country, maybe in an African country, people would have said that guy has to go to Hague. Mm. You know? But, you know, those same standards don't apply to them. Yeah, um, I don't know, because, okay, with public international law, the, the thing... The, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I actually sorry, sorry. don't think the U.S. is party to the treaty. The ICC treaty. I don't even. No, they're not. But they're they're not. the UN Security Council. Okay, yeah, they they didn't even sign it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they did it in the yeah. the Rome Statute. They are not party to the Rome yeah. Statute. Yeah. Yeah, and um, okay, with that thing with kids in borders, then maybe the most that can happen is maybe internationally for them to like go to court and stuff. Maybe Mexico can sue the US and say this and this is happening if they had grounds. Because there was a case where Myanmar was. Was it Myanmar or no? Gambia? <laughs> Wait, let me not get this wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Gambia was suing Myanmar mm-hmm. for things, for atrocities the that genocide happened that there. happened there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is only like in the ICJ, yeah, International Crim- Court of Justice. Court of Justice, yeah. Obviously, I see never going to happen. Because I, the other thing with ICC, the way it's set up is like there's no way those guys are going to on trial in there. Never. You'll never mm-hmm. see any American stand trial yeah. there. Maybe now in the Afghanistan case, because how the ICC is set up is basically like um, 
first of all you have to be the your your legal system has to be completely broken down mm -hmm. so it's it's like unwilling or unable to prosecute and they see makes that determination now see who is in power in that situation exactly another thing is most of these cases are self referrals mm -hmm. so the country refers itself rwanda referred itself because the, all the but genuinely that time all the like yeah, the judges was, they didn't have killed. the ability to do yeah, it like they couldn't do it but like most of them have been or the country once the person in power got like i think it, i don't know if it was in libya or sudan i know it was the libya, libya or sudan self referred no sudan they self referred they referred some they said they would uh, welcome the prosecutor to do investigation on a former head of state, yes. you know, to of the the atrocities he had done, and it's easier for him because he's now out of power. It's easier to prosecute, but that's because there's an agenda there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a to. We now feel like they yeah. should answer for his crimes. No, they want you. They want to kill him, yeah. <laughs> or put him in jail, or shame him internationally, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, yes, it's self referral, but yeah, the country has to determine that. Actually, both the the prosecutor and the country is like our nini has broken down. That's why Kenyans enthusiastically sent Uhuru and Ruto mm -hmm. their situation to be looked into, and that's also at that time the courts were banned. Like yeah. we didn't have that the, was before our, our current constitution. Yeah, actually. yeah, the courts were bad. Like they were corrupt, as you know. Mm -hmm. So. Now ICC has said that the courts of last resort, meaning they want to enter only mm -hmm. if your legal system has broken down, if you can't handle it yourself. Yeah. And look at the countries which can handle it themselves, mostly mm -hmm. Western countries. Yeah. And they've had like centuries of legal Presidents. precedents, yeah. you know. So obviously America would be called there because they're like, we're not willing, unwilling or unable and our legal system is fine. Let us handle it ourselves. Yeah. If there's going to be a trial on our people, then we'll handle it ourselves. And, you know, ICC can't say no. They can't force. Yeah. yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. US is the ones who wrote those rules. Yeah. The same with the UK. As much as, who was it? Not Tony Blair. Was it? Yes, yeah, Tony Blair. Yeah. They can't put him on trial. Yeah. You know, the UK will say, no, we'll handle this ourselves. Or if yeah. it's the EU. Well, EU doesn't do criminal cases, yeah. but like, yeah. I just feel like this is a much trials. longer conversation about like international law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... I feel like maybe we should do another podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm, yeah. my main point is like, basically, you can add ICC all you want, mm -hmm. but right now they're under threat. You know, the prosecutor's office is under threat. Mm -hmm. Like they, what happening? What's happening is they don't want to fund the ICC. Mm -hmm. So if you get involved into this and they, it's against their interests, they'll pull In back African countries, their money. African countries, mostly led by dictators, are already against ICC currently. Yeah. So zero to you know. Yeah. So zero even chance. if yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Basically, is like you're acting the ICC, but what needs to happen is the state needs to officially mm -hmm. refer itself. And you think Buhari is going to refer? No. Absolutely not. Yeah, we are back. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Yeah. So yeah, basically, Nigeria should just keep their foot on their necks because. I think um, something might happen. You know, they've already they've already been shamed yeah. as much as it's been a mess. It's always a mess when you ask for international help. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the lights on them. They even have panels on CNN and whatever. Yeah. And I hope it just it comes to fruition. Like I hope something actually shifts. 
right now I, I think they they are still thinking what should happen next especially mm-hmm. in lagos you know this is such a big setback and you're you're dealing with a state which has done this for years from yeah. biafran war to now so i don't know if they are prepared for a revolution because maybe that's the next thing but yeah. like oh my god like revolutions are a dangerous thing and um, you know pray I, for Nigeria. Yeah. honestly yeah. it's like we wish for change but the cost of it you know i don't wish that on nigerian people i hope it doesn't get any worse personally but i also agree you know when you're dealing with this kind of people you just have to keep your foot on their neck because power only gives to force unfortunately mm. it never just gives naturally mm. so and to be honest a lot of us we are very inspired by what we've seen there like we are rooting for you guys whatever you decide you know we're rooting for you mm. we're hoping for your success you guys are about to be the blueprints yeah you're actually yeah you're very inspiring you guys are but they're thinking the that they you know they've not done anything they're mm-hmm. actually very inspiring and other governments actually seeing it and being like you know they're actually this can happen here in place it's already happening you know like for us a lot of african countries especially let me speak for kenya almost 60% of our population is under 18 mm. but we are completely underrepresented in government our interests are not literally they don't care about us they are offering us wheelbarrows of late you know mm. so yeah i hope they can see what's going on in nigeria and think hey maybe if we don't shape up it could happen here too you know mm. so there's a lot of young people we are more than them by the way yeah oh, so, speaking of uh, I, I remember this was going to but I said I have thoughts on. Mm. So we were talking about leaderless protests, which I think we've covered. Yeah. In general, in general, in um, movements and stuff. But yeah. like now, the way forward, because obviously in our democracy, whether you like it or not, we still need uh, leaders. And they were saying to Nigeria, some people are like, "Oh, let the femco become a political party," and it's like. They all had feminists. There's no way that's happening. Number one. <laughs> number two is like someone else pointed out. We don't want one political party. We want the system to change. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have one political party. So that you want that one person who you can come and drag to yeah. make accountable. But the thing is, for our examples in Kenya, we've had people like the Mohammed, the journalist, oh, yes, guy. Yeah, he entered politics. Mm-hmm. So apparently or if someone seeing him enter there was probably the one who's going to supposedly keep the government in check yeah. but like how is one he went in there and became exactly like them yes that's the that's the tragedy yes and yeah. it's like um you how do you, you want the one president who you can come and drag even i mean america had obama and what happened they were had kids in cages they had the police brutality really rise under his you know presidency yeah. so it's like um now okay people are saying okay um this guy this activist um face monkey should now be you know that person who we put in there and he's the one we drag when there's nothing happening we need but, to stop looking for saviors you know because yeah. honestly if it's, it's us yeah mm-hmm. one thing with an mp they are an mp of a constituency so they're answerable to his constituency not to on the other hand as well they are uh they're in the national assembly and they table bills obviously may feel personally that we should be pushing mps mm-hmm. to put laws in place mm-hmm. or if it's 
you want to see that bill in the thing in in um, in law you want them to pass a particular law then push push your local representatives and that's what i think they should be. i mean we don't need one for we need all those political parties we need to tomorrow yeah. you know call all of them bother all of them you yeah know, you, it, there's not just the one person who you will drag and then what? They'll not do I think anything. the reason many people lose faith is like, honestly, just no offense, but look at the material. Like, look, <laughs> look at the crop of Kenyan MPs. Like, Bro. are these people you can be like, we want legislation from you? Like, do they have the capacity? Not all, mm. but most. Do they have the capacity? Are mm. they up to the task? And this is why you need to, you know, to ask them, what are you doing? I voted for you. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're just sitting there asking for money so you can pay. Why? Yeah. You know? But I think, obviously, for me, I think my final point on the activism yeah. issue would just be, like I said, to focus uh, more on grassroots organizations mm-hmm. rather than for us to always be looking up at institutions and structures that really don't have any willingness to change they don't want to change and i feel like when we constantly are always just um saying oh this president that president it becomes you start to feel helpless because you feel what can i do because there's nothing you can do to abuhadi or uh, Kenyatta. yeah there's not much you can do but in your community and around you there's so much you can do so like we had talked about before there's haki africa there's a Madari Center for what is this? Madari? Social Justice Center. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones I know of in Nairobi. But obviously, depending on where you are, look at legal um, organizations that are there and they are willing, they, their main task is to offer representation to victims of police brutality or this kind of other types of human rights abuses where the police are probably not going to investigate or it's difficult for that issue to reach court. I feel like we should empower those organizations because those... But they also need to be doing something. Like they that, are, they're doing a lot. No, there's that... Um, what was it? There's that particular um, law mm. in it for women, legal in it for women. Yeah. I don't know. It's FIDA. FIDA. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. FIDA, FIDA, actually, to be fair to them, they, they do a lot, but their hands are also tied in the points at the point where they can't legislate mm. obviously yeah they work with the laws they have mm. you know mm. maybe they should try and do judicial review or something like that maybe that can push parliament to change laws but i think they just they work with what they have mm. and they try and help where they can you know mm. but obviously they're limited to some extent but yeah what i'm saying is empower these people because i know sometimes it feels like such a small issue where you're saying oh help this one person but we have to start somewhere, you mm-hmm. know. If there's someone who's willing start to start it yourself, yeah, you start it yourself. Exactly. Like, look around you. If it's not there, maybe you're the one. Maybe it's you. To feel the need. Yeah, maybe mm. it's you who's supposed to do it. But mm. if you can find these organizations around you, try and find a way to support them. Whether it's just you amplify their voice, you let more people know about them. Whether you um donate, you give them resources. Whatever you do, if you're a lawyer, if you can volunteer just it helps even when you can see maybe one day your parent or people who are not usually that keyed into police brutality if they can open the newspaper one day and say oh this case has gone to court that means a lot you know mm-hmm. like in a country where these things never go anywhere that 
kind of case a police brutality case can get to the high court that would be a really big deal in this country you know so mm. just yeah let's focus on the things we can do let's not always focus on what we can helplessness yes yeah. what mm. we can do like oh my god the system always wins blah 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 okay mm. true and they and they bank on that defeatist attitude yeah they really want you to yeah. be like you can't do anything Sometimes it really does feel that way because you know I'm sure for Nigerians you know they watched on Instagram live they yeah. watch Nigerians die mm-hmm. and it might seem to them right now like they're going to get away with it mm. you know I think that's how you can feel when the president comes and doesn't even address the massacre you can feel like oh my god what what now you know what are my avenues so I just say try and look they are not easy to find because obviously they are small they don't have that much money but try and look for them and when you find them try and help them you know mm-hmm. or just feel the need like uh, there was a lady on the on the on the TL the other day who was like if you're a woman in Nigeria in this age and you want to run for senator like i want to join your team and stuff like that i found that like inspiring and i feel like this is also like waking up a lot of nigerians to be more active mm-hmm. and not just to be woke you know <laughs> the way they yeah. the white neoliberals have taken that word but like yeah to be hands-on yeah mm-hmm. and actually i also wanted to say on my final point because i've talked about the instagram live and how a lot of people personally i didn't watch the instagram live because i can't really yeah, handle same. those kind of graphic images same. But you know there was even the image of the Nigerian flag soaked in blood. There was I, a lot. I can't of, even that yeah, one. there was a lot of like really, really horrible, traumatic, traumatic. And that's why it's that all people, on pause right now. Yes, that people saw, you mm. know, and we also because of the internet, even us who are not in Nigeria, we also. Yeah. And I think. Oh, this also enters like, brings up another topic yeah. of black bodies and right now people say don't say black bodies anymore but it's literal black bodies being yeah. consumed trauma porn yeah. yeah and it's like why are you okay i understand that this is serious and you want like people to take this seriously a boy has died like but can you not post a video of a mother carrying his dead son yeah like why yeah, are you you know that won't do anything but just i know i saw people talking about like oh imagine how privileged you are to ask for a trigger warning or you know when we talk about because i i've seen some people obviously there are people who like us they can't Mm -hmm. handle those images and they've been like you know you need to take care of yourself even as we are you know amplifying yeah we are talking about all these issues from George Floyd to Ensas you know this has been a long year and yeah. sometimes you know you really need to take care of your mental health because if you yourself you're getting burnt out by this stuff yeah. what what value yeah. can you bring do you know and so i think there also needs to be a conversation about how we take care of ourselves and how you can say okay this is enough for me i need to log out because sometimes i think people can feel guilty like oh i'm going back to live my life and be happy and knocking out and somewhere in the world mm. it's burning people are dying you can feel some guilt but i think people really need to not to be one of those self-care merchants but <laughs> you know you need to take care of yourself and i think also think of others sometimes when you're posting certain images just 
we all have the same goal and but let's not traumatize each yeah. other getting there that's yeah. what i'm trying to say and these are humans yeah you know i'm sure that guy was on social media you can find a much better photo of him yeah because he lived his life yeah. you know how can somebody's girlfriend come and find out of the tl that their yeah. boyfriend died yeah. honestly like can you just consider these people lived full lives? Exactly. Yes, the government took it from them, but and yes, you don't want them to hide it. Yeah. But it's like, man, you know, it it tires people out, and you know, it's not about privilege. Yeah. You know, mental health is a, you know, it's not something yeah. you take it lightly. Yeah. People are just consuming, consuming dark content, and then it's like, honestly, like we would be very foolish to think that all this death trauma, oppression we observe every day is not affecting you in some way. Yeah. Of course it is. If that's all you can And that's why it's even gotten to this point that you're protesting. Yeah. Because of all that trauma, the oppression, exactly. all that, you know? So, yeah, I think for us, especially like young people who are on social media, we definitely, everybody is different. You just need to find a way to regulate it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I've just thought of Naomi and the shower madras. <laughs> Oh yeah, Naomi. Now her crying face is going to be a meme. <laughs> I don't even know what she was thinking when she posted that. Oh, so weird. No, like we for, real, for those who don't know. Yeah, she posted like a picture of herself in some silver shawarma dress. <laughs> and then said something. These are, these are, this is an ode to the G watch. Those, what the hell? Something weird. Like literally something that didn't mean anything. It was just gibberish. Those were even hashtag. Yeah, nothing. It didn't mean anything. Um. Anyway, I think this comes down to, you know how we were talking about the celebrities before. There's a lot of narcissists involved in activism, bro. And we need to we need to catch them. Yo. A lot of people are very narcissistic and they act like they are very for the community, but it's very much about them. Obviously, she, she doesn't even call herself an activist, so I'm just using her as an example. Mm. But there are people within the movements who are very much mm. narcissistic. like Mark Ruffalo. Because you know the way um, my stance was always like, no, who's the one who used to wear that blue jacket? <laughs> Nani, <laughs> what's his name? Ah. Maybe was the called that from. Yeah, 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 right. That's like right. That. Oh my god. And there are a lot of cloud teams. So just there are a lot of cloud merchants. No, but as well. I was just really up Mark Ruffalo because of the Chris thing. Because I thought he was the okay, he's not the last white man we can trust, but like I was putting yeah. him like cautiously. On a lighter note, guys, Avengers assembled <laughs> last week. Yo. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Avengers assembled to protect Chris Pratt. Of all people. Yes, he hey. was under quote-unquote attack uh, from the public who called him or named him or crowned him the worst Chris. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, um, <laughs> honestly, I find this whole thing so funny. It I is. know people were doing thick pieces, but I was like, this is hilarious. Like, yeah. These are multi-millionaires that came out to say, you don't know him. How yeah, you honestly. Worst Chris? Like bro, like that's that's why I love the creator meme. Like, why are you being bullied online? Just close your eyes. <laughs> Just close your eyes. Like oh, such a joke. Like, like I couldn't believe it. I was wondering, you know, I was thinking like what 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 was the process? Did like his PR call the other Avengers PR like guys? I feel like I think like Marvel told them to come out go, and say go something. And, go go and defend him. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, who did he even ask? Like, really? Because people and, are and saying And I feel like he um, made it a bigger deal than mm, what it needed to be. Mm. People do 
who's the best Chris pulls every other day. I've seen that thing so many times. This is not even the first time that thing has come up. Yeah, but the, the reason why it was like this is because all people said um, he, he goes to an, uh, a church which is homophobic. But and people, been, people have he's, been knowing he's, that. He's a, he's a Republican. He's pro-police. He married into the Kennedys. None of then, they he, <laughs> then they hate him because he um, divorced their fave yeah, their favorite actress. It's uh, all manner of things, but like any actor, I'm not gonna lie. That. None of this information is new. I feel like Chris Pratt has been drunk for all these things before. Yeah, it just felt like he really just wanted that attention. And then Zoe Saldana, how he dare have you? Ignored. How dare you? You and your baby, what's it called? Eh? We've not forgotten Nina Simone with her prosthetic nose. <laughs> We've not forgotten. Then we would never. Huh? <laughs> yeah, anyway, that anyway. was some very stupid stuff that went on. Yeah. Firstly, I think going back to just our original point of these celebrities and how we should stop expecting much of them. These people are very stupid, by the way. They, yeah. They are not normal how yeah. they think. Because why did they do that? <laughs> they really went on a whole campaign talking about how great Chris Pratt is. All of them. This time Zendaya and Brie Larson have come under racist re, re, and, and sexist attack. attack. Yeah. You know, on in the case of Zendaya, that's too mm-hmm. too Both. old. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's the white rich man you want to protect. Miss me with that. That was very um, that was a very weird moment. <laughs> yeah, you know. But you know, I guess sometimes you need those laughs. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, everyone was catching the smoke. I feel like even Chris Evans should have caught smoke, but yeah, it's another. <laughs> if you want to hear about Chris Evans, <laughs> just ask me. Just ask the podcast set. <laughs> then I'll go off on a Chris Evans rant. <laughs> yeah, not today. Yeah. Anyway, um, Chris Pratt is still the worst Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you should just learn to live with that. I don't think he'll die if he hears that. Mm, I also yeah. feel like you should just stop engaging them. Like mm-hmm. I, I hope twenty twenty is the year that celebrity dies. Celebrity as a concept and celebrity culture mm. and stan culture, death to it. Mm. Yeah, death to celebrity, you know, <laughs> for real. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, one last thing I just thought about it's the rich in Africa. What does that look like? Because you know, people are going in on politicians' kids. What people are like, Ebu, give me all the politicians' kids. Oh. I'm going to, they're going to see me today. Hey, there are so many like. To all of them are devils and i'm like oh. and then you know i was like i understand the feeling because yeah. you've come here and then you're you're saying oh daddy bought me this <laughs> no you're showing the cars yeah loudly yeah but now your dad is under fire where are you yeah. hmm? and sometimes especially like if your parent is someone who everybody knows is a beneficiary of corruption or something like that please just Catch the smoke, like it is what it is. You know, yeah, you can't I don't do think anything. we should spare them because I feel like there's people who are like, oh, um, their kids didn't do anything, and obviously I agree. None of us choose the parents we are born to. You know, no, none of us had a choice in it. Yeah. But once you are, are an adult and you now want to flex on us with that money, please. The obviously you're a beneficiary. Yes, when yeah. when people come for you, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. <coughs> Me, I always think, okay, yeah, you aren't, you didn't choose where to be born, but at the same time, look at even Kenya, mm-hmm. how political the dynasties function. Mm-hmm. It's nepotism. Yeah. It's 
it's hereditary. It's passed down. You know, yeah. Jomo Kenyatta was the president. Uhuru is now the president. However mm-hmm. long it took him to be there. Yeah. But he was there as a person of power. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, as much as you say, oh, they didn't choose to be born. But, okay, they've entered there. Yeah. They are now oppressing us. So yeah. now, they should be the ones who are being comfortable on social media. Yeah. They are not into politics. They yeah. are just politicians, kids. And to me, I think they should, unless you've distanced yourself, from that politician, even mm. if it's your father, I know it's difficult, even me, I don't know, obviously I can't yeah. speak because I don't know, I've never been in that situation where yeah. my father is being accused of corruption or something mm-hmm. like that, but I don't think you can be surprised if the general public is then asking you, hey, you are a beneficiary of this thing, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't come on here saying, wish for a better country or, you know, all these many, many, many things. And right in your own house, there's something you can address. Yeah. You know, so... There was something Shama Josie said the other day. Majosi is the John Cena girl, if you guys don't know. John Cena artist. <laughs> she didn't say girl. So she was saying, like, when I was in um, UK or was it US and I was hanging out with the um, Nigerian artists and stuff, and they were like, oh, this fan came and harassed them or whatever. They were like, in Nigeria, that would be run. I would have my people take care of it. Like, they would, you know, rough the guy up or whatever. And it's like, yo, you lot are still invested in that, you know, um, what is it called? The the culture, the brutality culture, the, you know, the that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, the when you go down the street, the police open the road for you. Yeah. So you're still invested in it. Mm-hmm. So even you kids that are coming over to say or doing ways me blah 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 but loudly you you even engage them like now i hope Dipanji didn't say anything because <laughs> if he did hey yeah. first of all he needs to be under the jail yeah you know but like y'all are actually um mm-hmm. y'all are actually y'all are Y'all are actually like really um, out here using that system yeah. to brutalize other people, and then you know, don't come here to tell us, Jimmy, or anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. you've raised a really good point is that you know, celebrities with wealth and money, and obviously, all those things, you then need police protection. You know, especially here in Africa, mm-hmm. when they go for their concerts, police are very heavily involved, like coordinating them from airports to where to this. So I think also they should look inwards to themselves and ask yeah. themselves, like, yeah, because many of them are obviously are against, prepared to lose those benefits. Yeah, are you prepared to lose those benefits when you say you stand against police brutality? Part of that brutality comes from that function of how they, they protect property and they protect wealth and all that, you need to look into that. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I think <laughs> that's where we are for today. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, so we will see you guys next week or maybe not, but <laughs> yeah, whenever um, inspiration strikes. <laughs> yeah. If you have anything to tell us, like just email us at notamillennialpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We'll actually have to uh, change that spelling because I think oh, it's still yeah. one N. You know, millennial is so hard to spell. It's really difficult. I didn't even know it had, um, was it two L's or two N's? Two, both. It has both. I don't know which one I didn't think it had. 
I knew one was double, but I didn't think both was double. Yeah. Anyways, we will set up the email, so and I don't know how to change it. So actually, yeah, no, we'll just. If not, yeah, we'll put the email there so you don't uh, have to type it yourself. Yes, and also I think on our anchor link you can you can send us a message, right? Yeah. An option to send us a message. It's a voice message thing. It's a voice message. Yeah. Okay, maybe not. Uh, we'll send that. We'll give you a the <laughs> email. email and also reach us on social media. If you have topics you'd like us to discuss or guests you'd like us to have, you should also let us know. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. So that's yeah. it for today. See you next week. Yeah.